0: Hey everyone, it's the day after Election Day, Hunnic Outcast here. I'm putting together this Purge bonus retro series for you. Not to scare and, listen, I don't want to sugarcoat it, but it's going to be a little rocky, but things are going to be okay. You know, we've had Democrats in the White House and... They just disappointed, so we wanted Republicans, and we wanted someone who doesn't have political experience who's going to lie to us. I don't know what the four years are going to bring. We'll have to get through it together, but I don't think snapping of the fingers are going to occur, and everything is just going to go to pieces, and the Democrats are going to have to come in and clean up. I don't. It's gotten redundant. We survived other candidates and will survive this. Believe me. As for this podcast you're about to hear for the Purge Retro Series, I do give some opinions. I'm a little repetitive. a little redundant. done It's unscripted because when watching this movie, I really didn't know if I wanted to do a review because I started to take notes and then I just threw everything up in the air and I said, you know what? I, I understand Nostalgia Critic did a review of this movie and then an afterthought, and I discussed that in the podcast, so I hate to be repetitive, but I do. Um, Other people have talked about this movie. I haven't seen the sequels yet, but I I had to end up doing this unscripted. I just could not take this movie seriously. I guess it was the social commentary and it just became a home invasion film, and... You'll you'll hear my thoughts and my rants and my repetition. I'm sorry about that. I'm just... Some personal stuff per usual that I'm just... You know, making some podcasts for therapeutic reasons, but uh, some personal things going on with myself and the Hunter crew and that unfortunately is... Unless we want it to be known, it's... Please don't take offense. It's not anybody's business, so this podcast may be a little controversial um it, it uh, i made sure i filtered out the language of course but uh it 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 may be uh a little repetitive a little redundant i just i just couldn't put pen to paper on 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 notes and just cuz i just kept banging my head against the wall of how obvious and with all the foreshadowing and the predictability and no chemistry with any of the actors that I, I, I could not write notes or a script or anything for this podcast. So it's another unscripted, uh, off-the-cuff, just plain old cast. So I hope you enjoy this one. I'm going to do my best to see if I can take note, better notes or notes or anything for the other two, which, from my understanding, they get a lot better. But I guess we'll find out next week. Until then, everybody just take some time to reflect and just understand one thing. If the world does end, I don't think it's going to be this lifetime, next lifetime, but I think people are really going to have to start taking a step back and realizing that the angrier they get their anger is going to be their downfall and and they really I think you're really going to have to look in the mirror and think before you act and I really hope that Donald Trump even though he, I'm sure he's not going to be able to keep all his promises like, like a politician I hope that at least he can somehow save face and I'll leave it at that so I thank you all, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope it eases some tension. That's why I decided to do this series. So, and again, I'm 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 sorry that I'm there's going to be a lot of repetition here and there. You know, but I just it, it was it was really hard for me to write a script for this one, or put audio clips without me wanting to pull my hair out and just listening to these cardboard cutout characters of of people trying to take this story seriously. I just this one really I will never watch this movie again. I don't think anybody will ever ask me to guest on a podcast and talk about this movie. I detest this film in more ways than one. So until then, um, hope you enjoy this podcast regardless, and Kendra, Edward, Todd, and we'll all be back next week. We'll give you Doctor Strange, and we'll finally get to that Don Bluth and Harry Potter and Godfather Retro Series. Until then, stay safe, everyone. And listen. Trust me. It's going to be okay. Believe me.
1: Our target for this year's purge is hiding in your home. You have one hour to find.
0: come and gone on a gal cast here with a very special purge bonus retro series uh, this is going to be another solo podcast Kendra Edward and Todd will return for the Doctor Strange and Don Bluth we're going to get there I know there have just been some personal things going on in our lives and I'm not going to go through them uh, because I'm respecting both my colleagues and friends and it's Unless they want to make it public, they will, but I'm not going to go into it, especially, you know, some of my personal things that I'm sure you don't want to hear either, so we'll just leave it at that. In the meantime, I was up until 3.30 this morning, which is November 9th, 2016, looking on Google, watching NBC News, and just everyone on NBC Nightly News, Lester Holt... Um, uh, uh, Tom Brokaw, Chuck Todd just like sullen and scared and worried and the political analysts and well you know what I want to just say one thing. For those of you who did go on google.com out of curiosity to to track the election and, and see everything that was going on. It wasn't it's not like Hillary got creamed in every single state. I mean, Flo- I'm in Florida currently and I was really surprised that it was just by 1%, 48 to 49. And then I looked at the other states and I was like even if he didn't win Florida, I don't think it really would have mattered. Because there were just it, it, it seemed to be this twist ending where Okay, you think, you know, we've won, but here's... The th- and then it got even more bizarre with with Washington, Nevada, and New Hampshire, because it was turning red, then blue, then blue, then red. Even with Pennsylvania, it looked like she was winning Pennsylvania, and then all of a sudden she didn't win Pennsylvania. And her home state, Arkansas, that's where she got creamed. It was 60% Donald and 32 Hillary. But... And Alaska, I'm not surprised because I know that, you know, with Sarah Palin, that that she was supporting Trump and whatnot and everything, you know. But, and I've never been to Alaska, but, you know. But, California, I thought it was a red state, but I guess not. I mean, I was really surprised who was blue and who was red or who was turning red. And there were several states that She only lost by maybe 1% to 3%, ended up going to Trump. And at that point, she just gave up. And this is the one thing that really pisses me off about Hillary. I'll fight, I'll fight, I'll fight, and then all of a sudden, nah, you know what, I'm done. And it was just like... Because I I heard on NBC News that that there were some states that were considering doing a quick recount, and they wanted to make sure, and then I think Maine was tied, and they wanted to double-check... She just called up and said, you know, best best way to describe it, I threw in the towel. So I'm really disappointed with a lot of them. But again, the victory speech by Donald was sincere and gracious. We're going to see what's going to happen in four years. A lot of people think it's the apocalypse. You know, everybody on Facebook, all the, I love how everybody on Facebook within minutes were making... Memes and jokes and getting all sullen and and whose true colors are... And I did unfriend and block a lot of people because they started to get really not only conservative, but you're not getting it. I don't want to be called a libtard. And I don't want to... I'm Jewish. I'm a conservative Democrat and I've explained that a few times. I've discussed why I voted for Trump and not Hillary. I don't even know at this point if my vote did or didn't count, because it looks like so many other states were just like... I mean, with Hillary, again, with her husband in office back then, with Whitewater, with his scandal in 98, and in all honesty, they were so concerned with those ads about him slamming women, I still never heard what her plan was going to be on the Affordable Health Care Act, on veterans on the economy, on working with our allies. Never heard any of this. I just heard on her stamina and several times she just would give up and just turn around. And I mean, instead of being so concerned about what he said and did on Access Hollywood and, okay, Trump University and the tax records, wow, you know... But then her emails... I mean, I I don't... This was a very, very controversial election. And so many people... I gotta be honest with you. A lot of Democrats just turned around and said, eh. And a lot of Republicans also turned around and went, eh. I, I gotta be honest. Romney, he could have come back in this time around and, and wiped the floor with her. He didn't want to. Bernie Sanders could have... He probably wouldn't have won, but I just don't think this time around that people just had enough for the Democrats, and now they want Republicans, and I don't know now after four years if Democrats are going to come back in and and then overturn everything after four years in, in 2020. I don't know what's going to happen anymore. But the one thing that I know that isn't ever, ever going to happen is the purge. This is possibly one of the most bizarre, dare I say, science fiction ideas to take a 21st century idea and actually put it in the 21st century, where I would watch movies like Running Man, where it took place in the year 2017, or Back to the Future 2, where it took place in the year 2015, and those are 80s movies, and it was interesting to see what the future was going to be like. 30 years from now, and well, we're in the future now, you know, and no flying cars, technology has changed a little, Uh, economy is bizarre, and I don't even know who our allies are and aren't at this point, but I will say this much, the purge is the most idiotic idea that could never happen for several reasons. The first reason, I think, being you're dealing with the new founding fathers that apparently in the year 2014, which would have been two years ago, have decided that the best way to abolish crime is for once a year between the hours of 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. for 12 hours straight, crime is legal. Rape, murder, you name it, you can do it within that 12-hour time limit. And I guess they have to respect the time zones, which means... If it's seven p.m. here, Eastern and Central, it's you know they can watch what's going on. But you have a choice for that one day out of the year to either flee the country or you stay in your home and you buy the security system that's supposed to keep your house protected and just leave flowers out that you support the perch. There's a trilogy of, and it's you know distributed platinum dunes that have given us Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Texas Chainsaw. And I hate all three of those remakes. And whether Michael Bay has his prints on it or not, I don't think it even matters anymore. But I will say this much. The idea doesn't work, or at least this movie... Now, I've heard with the trilogy it gets a little bit better, but I can't imagine getting any worse... This first movie, I was hoping that this would be an anthology for individual stories that were kind of intersecting, kind of like Pulp Fiction. I think if Quentin T- Tino was behind all this, it would have been a much better idea. I think if this was a grindhouse movie back in the 70s, or if this was a short story in the 50s or 60s, like, you know, the nuclear family and, thing, you know, father knows best and things secretly aren't doing as well post-World War II. Or in the 60s, when we had all these revolutions with the hippie movement. Or the 70s, where, with Vietnam. You can even use the 80s, the yuppie period. And 90s is a new age. And millennials now, it seems like everyone is just getting angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier. There have been race riots. There have been things that have been going on in Mississippi, Maryland. I mean, you name it. Let's not... God, where, where does one even begin with, with so many things that have been going on in this country? With with race wars and riots and, and you name it, it, it's happened. But I think the idea of The Purge now is that the government is trying to have the rich get rid of the poor and this is how they're going to do it so the poor doesn't complain anymore. The problem with this first movie is that it's a home invasion story. And... I should give a damn about the characters, but the problem is I don't. I kind of like the idea that the purge takes place in March, and if I looked at my two thousand seventeen calendar, which is when the first purge begins, it's it's, it's in this movie it takes place between two thousand seventeen and two thousand twenty one twenty two. And we just see in the opening credits of, of, of the years. But it does take place in March. Or, or you know. So, And it looks like one day it's a 17th. And then 18, 2018 and 19, it's March 21, 22. So it seems it takes place in the middle of the week. You would think it would be a weekend thing. But I guess it takes place in the middle of the week. I'm also kind of curious... If it's not a holiday, because just for like 12 hours, you know, the police, the fire department, medical, nobody's going to help you while people purge. I wonder if there are any special, like, sales. Not to mention the fact in real life, all the collateral damage that would happen. And that means anybody is on the chopping block that you can find, or that you can get your hands on. It's really disturbing. And you know that if it's supposed to be the poor versus the poor, not the poor versus the rich, or the poor are trying to get their hands on the rich, I'm sure most of them have gotten private plans and left the country. Unless this is something that takes place in all seven continents, and it just seems to be taking place in North America, I still don't understand how something like this would be passed. It can't. You would be taken away in a straitjacket. The same way that in the movie Scrooge, where Bill Murray decides that he's going to put together this promotion to scare people into making sure they're going to stay home and watch Charles S. Dickens' version of A Christmas Carol and have that advertising of drug addiction and Satanism, your life may just depend on it, that's his marketing ploy. Frank Cross and Scrooge would be taken out of a straitjacket. So, I can't imagine anybody, I mean, could you imagine Rubio or Paul Ryan and even Trump, I don't even think Trump is this nuts, would say, okay, for for one day out of the year, for 12 hours, go and kill everyone. You wouldn't even make it into the, the primary, forget about it. it. Just It just would not happen. Nobody would want that. I mean, people are going to have race riots and, and, and riot and... and Regardless, I don't think we're at that point yet. I do know that the world is going to end, but it ain't going to be because of the purge. And whether it's global warming or nuclear holocaust or you just take your wheel out and you take your pick, it's going to be a very interesting four years. But I can assure you, out of all the things that I'm concerned about, there will be a purge, but it won't be what you think. And there will be a World War III, but it's not what you're going to think it is. And... I'm sure there are going to be other disasters, but it's not going to be as Hollywood as you think it is. And again, I mean, I have my bachelor's in psychology and philosophy, and I've taken abnormal psychology courses, and, st- you know, e- even reading up on serial killers and R.E.L. life. Serial killers and R.E.L. life are not as interesting as they are in Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood, of course, is going to puff them up, because it's going to be really boring to see what a real serial killer thinks and acts. It's not as interesting as you think. So my point being is that something like The Purge anyone could technically do it and besides the collateral damage and the lawsuits and people would protest. I mean I we're not at that point where we're going to have a Hunger Games and there's not you know if it is won't be this lifetime nobody would ever allow it now. I mean, I know everybody's at a boiling point, but I don't... You know, politicians are very good at saying what we are going to do and what we're actually going to do are two separate things. I'm not that concerned yet. I think people are just a little bit nervous because we have the first man in office who doesn't have any political experience. And it's going to be a very, very interesting ride to treat the country like a business, especially when... Several of them have failed. Trump University, what's happened with the casinos, again, his tax records, question his medical information, but again, movies to me are supposed to be an escape, and science fiction is always supposed to be a gigantical what if. I have not had a chance to sit down and watch Escape from New York, but The Purge, yeah, I know, I'm procrastinating, because there's really not much to talk about this one movie. I'm sure next week when I talk about anarchy and election year, those will be much more interesting Purge movies. This one, the best way to describe it is, as I said, besides the premise of The Purge, we're dealing with... Let me just pull up my notes here. Sorry for the clicks in the background. We're dealing with the Sedain family. It's Ethan Hawke, otherwise known as ex-Mrs. Oma Thurman, he plays James. His wife, Mary, played by Lena Headley. And their two children, Charlie and Zoe, played by Adeline Kane and Max Burkholder. Adeline Kane, I believe, is on MTV's Teen Wolf. And Max, I'm not too familiar with him. But he's very creepy. And anyway, it pretty much deals with them living in a posh L.A. ...gated community... ...where you can see the hills in the background. Pretty much... ...Charlie is... ...working for a fictional... ...security company that sells... ...Purge... ...security systems. And he's sold them to his entire... ...gated community, but because he's... ...working for the company... ...and he's gotten a promotion... ...he's become slightly... ...richer than everyone... ...in his neighborhood... And as he's driving through his neighborhood, he does talk to a couple of his neighbors. We have Mr. Callie, that's played by Tom Yi, and they seem to have a friendly conversation. You know, he's walking his dog, and Charlie's telling Mr. Callie, you know, just make sure you have your final walk because the purge is going to start in an hour. And then you have Grace and Mr. Mrs. Halverson and Mr. Farron by. I I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right. Adra Barakis is Grace, and Chris Mulkey is Mr. Halverson, and Tisha French is Mrs. Halverson, and Dana Bunch is Mr. Fern. But pretty much, I just want to get over here. Again, sorry for the... Adra Benix... I know, I'm, not, I'm probably not pronouncing that name correctly. Um, She is pretty much stating gossip that the neighbors are jealous that Charlie and Mary are have become richer because they're selling these purge security systems, and the neighbors are getting more and more jealous. Charlie pretty much is listening to his car radio on people on their purge plans. And my biggest gripe with this whole opening, with Charlie driving through his community... On his car, in his car, listening to the car radio, listening to people's purge plans. A lot of people for the purges, telling this disc jockey what they aren't gonna do. I don't know. I'm not feeling anything, especially when he's also on his Bluetooth, talking to I guess his secretary or his assistant, and she's telling him that he's made more money or is now making partner. Is going. In. It's almost as if the director is secretly giving. Ethan Hawke direction. Ethan Hawke, again, it was at one time Mr. Uma Thurman. And I think they did a couple movies together. I think they were in Gattaca. I'm not too sure. I haven't followed Ethan Hawke's career too much. I, I I guess he was big in the 80s and 90s. I, I, I couldn't really tell you. I know he's been in a few films here and there. I guess he was supposed to be mistaken for Tom Cruise. But the biggest issue that I have with Ethan Hawk is that he comes off as being very plastic. He's like this Ken doll. He's working for a company selling Perch security systems and he's pro-Perch. Is he pro-Perch because he's working for a company that's selling other people's systems and he's been able to put additions on his house and in the interior of his house there's a pinball machine here and there. Uh, there's a point where he's on his iPad looking to buy a boat that has a parking garage in it. I I mean, he's pretty much doing what the script is telling him to do, but I never really feel like this guy understands the true point of the Purge. Again, is he for it because he's not poor? He doesn't think there's a bullseye on his head? Or does he... We, We never really get a prequel anything why this happened other than the powers that be thought it would be a great way to abolish crime and put everybody on the honor system. You want to rape, you want to kill, fine. You know what? We heard you. You can do it now, but you got to do it once a year for 12 hours. And how do we know they're not going to... What happens if they do it like 30 seconds before 7pm? What do they do it 30 seconds after 7am? I mean, what does and doesn't count on, on these supposed rules? And plus the fact, there seems to be this... I guess was supposed to be a hashtag, Unleash the Beast. But you seem to be conditioning potential serial killers because you're telling them you can be with anything you want to for this one day out of a year. And people... we We do see these small montages of people just going on these purges and, and getting creative and, and making custom chainsaws and custom weapons. But I must ask, is the true plan to have the rich eradicate the poor? Are, are they? Are, is this a new version of natural selection? And is Charlie secretly part of it? Is he working for the government, or is he just working for a subsidiary of the government. I, I, we're never quite sure because we don't know much about him other than he's just a prop. And his wife, as well as a bigger prop, Lena Headley, she does sound very familiar. I. She's She's been in a few movies here and there. I know that she was in 300. She played the Queen of Sparta. I do remember that. She was in Fox's The Sarah Connor Chronicles, which I never saw. I heard of, but I never saw it. And I think she also had a brief cameo in the first season of The Big Bang Theory where, you know, the guys were on a train and they recognized her and they kept wanting to try to talk to her, but they didn't, and... That, as they say, is that. But she... I don't know, is channeling her Shelley Duvall from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. She's pretty much playing, I guess, a stay-at-home housewife who just is dressed up and living in in this posh, gated community and and really has nothing interesting to say or do. We then get the children, and the children, again, I said, was Zoe and Charlie. Charlie, I don't even know how to describe He comes off as a Pugsley Adams for the new millennium, or or an Eddie Munster. He has long hair, he has a very freakish set of eyes, and occasionally he has to write down his vitals, and he wants to announce his vitals to his family. And I don't understand why he needs to do this. It's never discussed, he doesn't have a condition, he's not dying, he doesn't ha- I, I, I'm. I'm not, they never go into it, they never really explain what he's all about. And apparently he's built this remote-control bald-headed plastic doll thing that half is a plastic toy doll and the other half looks like something out of the Terminator that's on this remote-control car toy thing... That has a camera and he likes to scare his parents with it now and then. It just creeps up, but it, it it never fits in. Zoe, teenage daughter, she walks around the movie with a either a Catholic school uniform or a private school uniform. The you know the the skirt and the knee socks and and the you know the the accoutrements. But apparently she's dating this guy Henry and Henry, I kind of comes and goes very quickly. He pretty much they do not really say much about Henry. He's the older boyfriend, and apparently, Henry wants to date Zoe, but Ethan Hawke's character Charlie has a problem, because we find out that Henry is older, even though in our real life, both Zoe and Henry are in their mid-twenties. But I guess in this movie, she's supposed to be either 14 or 15. They never say how old she is. And we're not too sure how old Henry is. But he wants to date Zoe. But Zoe makes it clear that the father has an issue with this. So Henry kind of disappears in the house for a while. Or he sneaks out of the house and he sneaks back in later. And we'll get to there. But... The timing and the pacing of this movie gets sped up quickly and then slows down, and it makes little to no sense. And my second issue with this movie is going to be the pacing, and I'm going to discuss that right after this short break.
1: It's your friend, the audiophile, here on the Wacko Network. While you're familiar with my various programs on the network like The Audio Files Archive and my appearances on other shows you may not know I am the owner of Vinyl Rock Source Mail Order. VRSMO has a great selection of hard-to-find and now print LPs, CDs, music DVDs, music Blu-rays, audio accessories, and so much more. We stock great reissues and box sets by some of the world's best artists. If you're a Pink Floyd fan you can't go wrong with the group's brand new and final studio album, The Endless River, available on CD, Deluxe CD DVD, Deluxe CD Blu-Ray, or 2LP vinyl. This is by far the best seller in VRSMO's history, and it's only been out for a few weeks. So I recommend you stop by www.vinylrocksource.com and check out all the deals for you or that music fan in your life. You'll be glad you did. That web address again is www.vinylrocksource.com Don't forget www.vinylrocksource.com Are you tired of wasted Friday nights? Clubbing with friends and hot chicks like me? Yeah, I am. Yeah, well, you would be because you go out all the time clubbing. I'm not allowed to go to the clubs. This is true. Are you sick of fun conversations at the bar with hunky bartenders?
0: Uh, no, not really, because I'm a dude. You know what? I am sick of it because they always try to pick me up for some reason, Johnny.
1: Sounds like you need to spend an evening in the park drinking with Neil and Johnny.
0: I love drinking in the park with you, Johnny, even though you're the one that does most of the drinking or all of it. Dude, thanks for buying the rounds.
1: I mean, you know, it's really good. You're, you're a good friend. You're my best friend. No, no, no. We're, we're good We're friends. We're good friends. Best friend. We're like acquaintances, really. You're my best friend. Is the liquor store still open? Because maybe we should do another one. Another
0: Anything for my best friend. Thanks. Friend. Best friend. Thanks, buddy. Okay.
1: Great. Best. Join Neil and Johnny every Friday night as they talk about... Stuff while drinking in the park. Listen on neilandjohnny.com, droidscanada.com, and on the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Bananas.
0: And we're back. What else can I say about this movie that hasn't already been discussed? Well, I do know that the Nostalgia Critic did a review and he had his real thoughts with his brother, Rob. I was really debating... If I wanted a review or discuss this, I couldn't bring Cost and I don't think anybody really wanted to discuss the first one. And I didn't even write notes. I started to write notes. As you can tell, this one is unscripted. I just I don't do this often. I do it's very, 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 very rare. But I looked at other people's reviews before I wanted to do my own because I was debating. I I saw the trailer for this movie. I was like, give me a break. I saw clips of this movie on YouTube. I was like, give me a break. I I saw the Nostalgia critic's Review for it. I like his version where Pinky and the Brain are splitting up and... uh, Internet Sensation Film Brain is, is acting like one of the purgers. I thought that was hysterical. And I love... Doug and Rob's comments on, you know, Real Thoughts of the Purge. I, I can't get behind this movie because I I don't know who it's really for, which I keep saying 20 minutes ago and what I'm saying now. What is the real point of this other than the forefathers just want to not get their hands dirty and have other people... Can- now, again, there have been some great Twilight Zone episodes that I can bring up. Uh, two of them come to mind are The Obsolete Man and the Monsters are doing on Maple Street. I'm not going to review them and go into full detail because they are available on Netflix streaming and Hulu streaming and you can go to Netflix and rent it or you could go to Audible and download the radio dramas. Although trust me the Rod Sterling versions on the original Twilight Zone are much better than the radio dramas. Although I do like Jason Alexander in the radio drama version of Obsolete Man. I, I Monsters to Do on Mabel Street radio drama I was not too much of a fan of. But... This is a really tough one for me to, to again, go through because The Purge is supposed to be where anything is legal for 12 hours, and yet it then goes into this bizarre home invasion story because apparently Ethan Hawke has set up Cameras that you know that you can watch outside the house, while they're supposedly safe inside their purge shutters. And Charlie apparently sees that there's this homeless black man. And I think he's just known as the Stranger in the first movie. And then he becomes a bigger part in Anarchy and Election Year, and he becomes one of the um, people to try to take down the purge I think his name is Dwayne in the other two movies, and I and I heard he gets a lot more interesting. They don't he don't do much with him in this one, so I can't really give the actor praise. And I'm sure when I watch the other two movies, I will take much much better notes and because I I've heard it it, it does get better. Apparently, the director and writer heard people and said, "Don't worry, I'm going to give you a much better movie." So. Gotta cross my fingers with that. But then we get into the purgers. And this is where it just gets stupid. And it is Race Wakefield, or Rice Wakefield, I think. I can't pronounce the name. And pretty much he's known as the polite leader. And he comes off as just being this Batman. Villain, or I should say, Rocksteady Arkham video game villain character. As well as his other purgers that are just walking around in either school uniforms, the females look like they're wearing baby doll dresses, and they're wearing these baby doll face plastic masks. And I don't know if they have obsessive compulsive disorder or not. The polite leader claims that they are highly educated people and they want to kill this homeless black man because he's a homeless swine or whatever the case may be. But Charlie feels bad and lets uh, the homeless man into the house. And apparently neighbors have informed these purgers that the family has let the man in the house. And the purgers have made it clear that if they don't deliver the homeless man within an hour, they will break into the house and kill everyone. And apparently even though this is the top of the line perch security system Ethan Hawk character Charlie claims that there are no guarantees that they could tunnel underneath the house which would take a lot of time anyway because you only have 12 hours. And unless these people are obsessive compulsive, I, I don't know. They never really go into it what the, these purgers are, or they apparently can use a battering ram. So he sold this brand new system, but there's really no guarantee. So is he and but he Charlie a sa- snake snake's oil salesman? He's selling snake oil? I don't know, and, and that's something else that I. I We we don't even think Charlie's likable, and we can't even get behind him, even though he's pretending to support The Purge. He's trying to talk to the polite stranger, who's the leader of these purgers that want to kill a homeless black person. And all the polite leader... I mean, again, there's a montage that's supposed to be going on for an hour where the purgers are just acting creepy outside the family's house. That the females are kissing each other with the masks on, uh, one of them gets on a swing and they're just swinging other than they're skipping around holding these machetes and I'm thinking to myself what's the point? Am I supposed to be scared or creepy or you just watched a lot of the the scenes or, or the, the, the cut scenes from any Batman Arkham Knight game I mean that's what the designs of these masks look like especially with Arkham City with the Joker gang don't believe me. Go on and play play an Arkham game. Go go look at the thugs for Asylum City Origins or Nights. Not wrong. The homeless man hides in the house somewhere, and I think the purges caught off the power, it makes it hard for the family to go through this gigantic house. Where we just see some exterior sets or interior sets now and then. You know, from the outside view, from the purgers, you know, doing these creepy montages, acting creepy for the sake of acting creepy. These interior shots where the family is running around through the dark. And then eventually, Zoe's boyfriend, Henry, pops out of nowhere. He somehow snuck back into the house, which also proves my point that the security system sucks. I don't get it. But anyway, the... Boyfriend Henry wants to try to talk to Charlie and say that that he's mature enough to date his daughter. Now, there is a point where they're about to have sex, but Henry tells Zoe that he doesn't want to deflower her yet, that that he wants to talk to the father and explain that he does love Zoe. He doesn't want to take advantage. He just wants, you know, consent and blessing. He just doesn't want to hide it anymore. But what does Henry do? Henry goes up to Charlie and pulls out a gun. Oh, Charlie has a gun, too. He made sure to, to, you know... We see that the house kind of has, like, a bat cave type of ordeal. Where there were, were men in black, too. Where, you know, you push a button behind the living room and the guns pop out. And he kills Henry dead. Okay, fine. Henry's out of the picture now but then the homeless man comes out of nowhere and they try to chase him and eventually it gets really dull I think I have 15 minutes of of these family members just stumbling through the door trying to find this black homeless person and Zoe who wanted to make sure you know that the boyfriend you know should he talk to Charlie should he not talk to Charlie should the father know that you know whatever She, even though Henry took out a gun and was about to kill Charlie dead, she is upset that her father killed her boyfriend and she's grabbing the dead body of the boyfriend and bringing it back to the bedroom, which made no sense. The boyfriend tried to kill your father. I I mean, whatever. Okay. I guess the writing used to be, you know... This, this, this writer and director, James DeMonaco, Monaco, I know, there's no writing credit I can see on Wikipedia, I've looked, but he must have written for kids' menus at diners or in the back of cereal boxes or something, I don't know, because it just gets more bizarre. Eventually, the homeless man does make himself known, and he tries to take Zoe hostage and say he's not going back out in the house and getting killed by the purgers. Ethan Hawk is trying to protect his family, and then somewhere out of nowhere, Mary comes behind and is, is a terrible shot. I mean, she's literally at point range where she could kill this homeless man. But somehow, the homeless man gets away. Zoe is knocked out for a little bit, and then Zoe is realizing that nothing will be okay ever again. I don't know how sheltered Zoe and Max were especially since they knew what their father was doing, and their father was selling purge security systems, and, you know, they, they had access to the TV and watch other purgers, so I don't, I don't, again, understand this. And eventually, Charlie goes to the basement, where there's this other metallic door, and there's one of these latches or whatever, and the boy stranger says that people are coming with these cars, to take chains, and rip the doors off of the house and come in and kill everyone and again, Charlie tries to talk to the polite stranger the polite stranger starts acting old joker and laughing everything off again, this just feels like something out of Batman, Arkham, Asylum, City, Night, whatever eventually all this comes to the head where the family does capture the homeless man the homeless man is ready to give himself up but then Charlie somehow has a change of heart and doesn't want to give up the homeless man for reasons unexplained the Purgers get upset, and the polite stranger gives a jack, back of the tricks box, Kellogg's cornflakes, speech, and these trucks come with chains and rip off the doors and about to do a home invasion. Somehow this family is able to kill off a couple of purgers here and there. With no plan whatsoever. And then somehow. Uh, Charlie's walking into the house and the polite stranger comes out of nowhere and mortally stabs Charlie in the stomach and does the typical shh and then places Charlie down on the rug in the living room I guess because you know the power's still out and kisses Charlie on the forehead and says thank you for a wonderful purge whatever and then the neighbors that I told you about in the beginning of the movie come in and they kill the polite stranger dead But then they made it very clear, and here's the dun-dun-dun twist ending, where the neighbors have used as an excuse that they want to kill the remaining members of the family because they're upset that since Charlie was selling these purge systems and he became richer, that the family needs to die because it's the only way that the neighbors can somehow cleanse themselves of their hatred and jealousy towards the Sedain family. Because that's what the Purge is supposed to be about. Or so the back of the cereal box tells me. And then somehow the homeless man comes out of nowhere, kills a couple of the neighbors, and the last few minutes of the Purge ends where... The Sedane family and these neighbors are just going to sit in the kitchen and wait for it to be 7 a.m. in the morning and The Purge to be over. That's pretty much it. The homeless man leaves, and I guess he'll start the uh, Purge revolution to end it in the other two movies, whatever the hell happens. Charlie is dead, and Zoe... Charlie and Mary just stand outside their front door and see the carnage and hear the sirens and hear the police sirens and the ambulance sirens and, and uh, during the credits, you know, you hear this jockey saying how this is the most successful purge has ever been, and that's pretty much it. I could play audio clips from the movie, but I really don't want to because I've watched. The movie. Uh, the, uh, this is all unscripted, as you can tell, and there are so many reasons why I just don't care about these people. I wanted to care about the homeless man, but we don't really know his backstory other than he's supposedly a homeless man. And my other idiotic question would have been, if there's foreshadowing with the neighbors that they're hinting that they're jealous of the Sudane family being slightly richer than they, and these neighbors are becoming jealous... Isn't there like a ding, 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 ding red light that goes on that's saying that these neighbors are going to get together and try to kill the Sedanes or hire somebody to get into the Sedanes' house? Or, because once these neighbors come in, they're, you can tell the re, uh, foreshadowing from start and end that they want to kill the Sedane family. And my other idiotic question is, now that the purge is over... I don't get it. Like, like, what do you do? You, you have to live with these people. You know that your neighbors want to kill you now. Do you leave the neighborhood? Do you leave the country? Charlie is dead. Nothing's ever going to be the same again. It just doesn't make one ounce of sense because now we know what these neighbors are like. I don't get any of this. I don't get one bloody thing. And for everyone out there that claims that this is such a deep, psychological and philosophical and movie with deep meanings. I don't get any of that. It's just a home invasion story that's piss poor planned. I don't know anything about the polite stranger. He says he's this highly educated person. I could put show notes about the perfect guy, Leopold and Lullaby. I I could do all of that. I was almost tempted to play the perfect stranger's or polite stranger's monologue with the brain gremlins monologue because there's a point where the polite stranger shoots one of his friends and it's kind of like how the brain gremlin killed a gremlin when he was being interviewed on in Gremlins 2. If you've seen either movie and get that reference, my point being is that I don't care what happens. I I I don't know what Charlie is like before or after this movie other than he's taking vitals and making these weird remote-controlled doll toy things. I don't know what Zoe's really about. I don't know what Mary's really about. It, it, the, the movie is... And there's no audio commentary. And there's a making on the DVD, but I don't even know if that's gonna make a difference. And I think the DVDs have character biographies on, on somebody called... We- I mean, I don't... Look... This movie gets not only a zero, but a negative zero. I mean, there's nothing to it. Half the time, I'm bored because we see the family wander around in the dark trying to find this homeless man that the kid led into the house. The polite stranger, the perfect stranger, whatever you want to call him, with the purgers, again, it, 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 it again something out of a Batman Arkham video game, like I said a million times. The neighbors... Are cardboard cutout predictability garbage, and the story is just so pretentious. It makes again, I would have no problem doing notes and going deeper and more thorough with Rod Serling's The Obsolete Man, Monsters Do on Maple Street, even The Shelter, but this is just. A poor excuse for entertainment, if there ever was one. And if you want to see a better Ethan Hawke movie uh, on, on Invasions, I think he was in the original, or the remake... No, I think he was in the remake of Assault on Person 13. I'm going to check in again, but... Other than that, I guess I'll be back next week for Anarchy. And maybe I'll take better notes for that one. But... Kendra, Todd, and Edward and myself will we're working on the Doctor Strange the Don Bluth, the Harry Potter we thank you for your patience and your time and you can find us over on Facebook.com Hunnic the group page the Hunnic Outcast the podcast cafe Twitter at Hunnic you can find Edward at Edward's video game and news reviews on Facebook and Kendra's anime page on Facebook and Todd. Adam and Steve on Facebook and Twitter at Adam and Steve. There's nothing else to say, folks, but have a safe night.
1: Thank you for accepting my invitation.
0: Tell me, why haven't you delivered the filthy swine to me yet? Are you
1: protecting him? I surely hope no, Mr. Sandman. No, of course not. I just can't find him. You see, this is a misunderstanding. My son let him in. He's a young boy who doesn't know better, But I support what occurs here tonight, 100%, okay? I sell the security equipment. (laughs) I say I would never deny yours or anybody else's right to purge. We're very- Just do us
0: the homeless, (laughs) you fuck!
1: Just keep in mind, Mr. Sandman, he was my friend, and you are not. Our equipment is arriving soon, and we will get in. Send out he or that, will be there. I'll go get. You should do that. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880, located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rates. That's eight six three two nine four five six three zero for skis watch and clock. Hi Geeksters, I'm Kylan and I'm Ken, and, and we're Geek Watch 1. One. Are you interested in TV, movies, comics, games, and
0: conventions?
1: Everything from Trek, to Wars, Marvel, to DC, d to WoW, Whovians, and the Hulksters. Then your search is over.
0: We are the geeks you're looking for. Geek Watch 1 is available at kylanandken.potbean.com. You can also listen, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Just look for Geek Watch 1. And you can interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ken. And remember...
1: No matter where you go, there you are. Do you ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? Do you ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd podcast, where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a
0: full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot.
1: Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. jockandnerd.com. jockandnerd!